You're listening to the Modern Web Podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and events, find us online at modern-web.org or follow us on Twitter at modern.web. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-D-O-T-W-E-B. Hello there and welcome to the Modern Web Podcast. My name is Tracy. I'll be your host today. You can follow me on Twitter at Lady Leap. And I'm joined today by Luis. Welcome, Luis. Hey there. Happy happy to be here in this podcast. Uh, my name is uh, Luis Aviles. You can follow me on Twitter as Luis Aviles. Yes, yes. And, you know, we've switched the roles today because Ben, who is usually my co-host, is actually the one being interviewed. Hi, Ben. Hi. <laughs> happy birthday, too. Oh, thanks. I'm old now. <laughs> I was old before, but now I'm especially old. Yes. So we digress, though, because the most important thing we're talking about today is RxJS and how that right. relates to marriages. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, me and Louise are very excited uh, about RxJS 7. So maybe you can, like, give us a little update on, you know, your sleepless nights and how everybody should, like, mail you presents for the fact that you finally got this thing released. Oh, well, <laughs> so, all right, so RxJS 7, uh, it's been around now for, um, it's been around on pretty much all year, honestly. Like we've, we, we started, this has been in master for a long time. And what's really interesting is uh, during this entire process, Google actually syncs their code base, their entire huge uh, mono repository with our master. So um, RxJS 7 has been used in production for a while now by Google properties. Um, uh, but like the big things that we're aiming for is better. Uh, the, the biggest thing is better TypeScript typings because, um, getting those types right required breaking changes. Uh, I tried to get them right somewhere in the middle of version six and I had to stop because I broke a bunch of people when I tried to change some of those things in these, I only broke TypeScript users, of course, not the JS users, but uh, it's the majority of our users are TypeScript users, so that wasn't a good thing. Um, so uh, this entire release is about fixing the TypeScript typing, is getting better type inference, uh, that sort of thing. There's also some breaking changes that we made uh, because there were bugs that uh, people might have been relying on um, that were still bugs, and we had to fix them. But uh, we don't, you know, we, we want to wait for a major release before we do something like that, so we don't break people's uh, continuous integrations and that sort of thing. And then the other thing that's really exciting is for literal years, I had been talking about making RxJS smaller and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd uh, rewritten it like, I don't even know how many times and, and with these smaller versions or whatever. And uh, just in the last couple of months, um, I, like I had done a lot of refactoring and finally got us in a position where um, was able to do this huge refactor and that really uh, reduced the size drastically, uh, almost 50% uh, smaller if you're gonna if you're gonna use the entire kitchen sink. Um, so there's things like, you know, if you're using map, now map only costs, you know, a hundred bytes or something like that, or less than a hundred bytes. Um, uh, wait, this is this in seven or is this in like eight alpha? This this is in seven. This is totally okay. in seven. So uh, it's looking like at this point that version eight will not need to be a complete rewrite. Um, version eight will just be where we go through and we take our deprecations and we finally get rid of them because a lot of them have been sitting there for about two years and that'll reduce the size a lot more and enable us to do 
um, some other things to, to, you know, make the typings better and make the library smaller and faster and, you know, make more sense and make room for, um, things like abort signal and stuff like that as the future goes on. For sure. That's a, that's a lot. I thought initially, cause tell us when like, so seven, what seven alpha came out at some point in time. And I mean, uh, give us the timeline. Timeline. I, I want to say that uh, we released Seven Alpha sometime in uh, February. I'm going to look and see if it's. I think it's up actually up on the. Um, so what was history. the latest? Yeah. So Seven Alpha was released. It says it actually a solid year ago now. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and then God. Beta, the first Beta was seven months ago. Okay. And then and then it just came out of Beta. It's still we're still in Beta. There's. Uh, the the we want to get the typings right. Um, we were kind of waiting for TypeScript four. Uh, now that there's a four one coming, there's a couple of features we may want to use, but we might be able to get most of the typings right uh, before that. So since this is all about the typings, we decided to kind of just take our time on that. Um, we didn't want to rush anything out the door for like you know to time it to coincide with an Angular release or anything like that. Uh, it's it's important just to get these things right because there's what, 23, well, I'm looking at it right now, 23 million downloads a week. Uh, that's a lot of uh, continuous integration builds to break uh, if if we, we rush these things out and they're not right. And then it, it would really suck if we did this and then we still had to go back through and improve the typings again. And we, we will to some degree, but hopefully not to the same degree we had to in this round because there's I mean, it's just crazy things that didn't work right uh, with TypeScript and, and RxJS. Uh, in version six. That sounds really cool. Um, can, can you tell us uh, a little bit more about the operators, or perhaps if you are doing some de deprecations into RFJS? Sure. Uh, so the the deprecations, most of the depre deprecations are things like, and they're things that people have known about for a while because we deprecated in, even in version six, but uh, deprecating things like uh, passing schedulers to everything and and their cousins like we don't we don't want to pass around schedulers everywhere we don't have to especially if most of the time they're not even used because uh, it, it kind of junks up the API uh, there's deprecations we, we've had these long-standing deprecations around result selectors and there's discussion now actually of, of kind of taking a step back from that uh, uh, with the, with regards to some of them like maybe combine latest or fork join, things like that. But like other ones, we have deprecations for like merge map and concat map. And the reasoning behind that is internally, in order to keep there from being mem memory problems with those operators, we have to uh, internally be like, oh, did you give us a result selector? We'll do the map for you. Uh, otherwise, you know, whatever. So like it just adds bloat where we could just have people do the map themselves whenever they need to. Uh, and the reason for that is uh, the result selectors for like merge map and concat map, they allow you to take the outer value that you use to create the observable with the inner values from that inner observable and map them together. And the problem is in most cases, people aren't, aren't even using that uh, outer value. And so what happens is you have to retain that outer value in memory for the life of that inner observable. And that causes memory pressure problems. So um, there's ways around that, but uh, it's not, uh, it adds a little bit of weight to the library. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those things that 
that that particular thing because we're we're already talking about moving back uh, with some of the result selectors for like I said things like combined latest or maybe zip or something like that. Uh, you know, it's it's under investigation as to whether or not we can do something that's uh, um, both memory efficient and uh, size efficient with the library and, and keep those in there for people. Uh, but odds are, right now it looks like they're going to go. Um, so it's fluid, but it probably, they're probably going to go. Uh, either way, they're deprecated for now, and it it's honestly more readable if people don't use those things, anyways, in my opinion. So. Uh, I, I would recommend people steer clear of those things if they can. That's really cool. Um, talking a little bit more about the deprecations you have there, uh, I know that you, you were thinking to deprecate the dot to promise function. Um, mm. I'm not sure if this is going to, to is going to be happened uh, in this next version, version seven, or are you planning doing those changes for a next version? S so the dot to promise thing, we definitely want to deprecate because there's uh, there's a nasty behavior that it has. And the nasty behavior is an observable, of course, can be zero to however many values. And to promise is like, oh, I'm going to give you the last value. Well, if there's zero values, then what do you do? And a long time ago, six years ago, when this was written, the big debate was, what do you do? And it was decided upon that it should just resolve with un undefined. And the problem is, if you have an observable of void or undefined or observable that could give you undefined value sometimes, you have no way of knowing if you actually got a value from it or not. Uh, so that's a problem. And the other problem was the typings were wrong on it. So our typing was like uh, two promise gave you a promise of T. So if you had an observable T, two promises giving you a promise of T. And uh, what that, why that was wrong was if for some reason the observable never gave you a value, it could be undefined. So really to promise is always an observable of T or undefined. So there's a breaking change for the type in version seven. Uh, and we waited for version seven to make this breaking change where it's not a runtime change. It's just a typings change to where now if you use to promise, you get back a promise of T or undefined. Um, and in a lot of cases, people know that they're not going to get undefined so they can kind of ignore that. However, um, or they can cast or whatever. However, we've provided two new functions. Uh, one is first value from, and the other one is last value from. And they do exactly what it sounds like. They convert, they subscribe to an observable and they convert it to a promise. And it either gives you the first value from the observable uh, or it resolves the last value from the observable. And if the observable never, never gives you anything and it completes, then you get an empty error. So it'll reject uh, with an empty error, which is, uh, much more idiomatic behavior for a promise to make sure that those things happen. So I guess to answer your question in version eight, um, if like when, when we get to in version eight, uh, two promise will go away, but there'll be those two other methods available for people to use. Uh, and the conversions for that should be simple enough. It might even be something that can be automated with like a, a lint fix or something like that. But yeah. I mean, how widespread is the two promise? uh used and how much is uh, going to freak people out because i feel like a lot of well, people will be using it <laughs> or so one it. of the big problems is for a long time the angular docs suggested people use two promise so it was like right in the docs um like oh you don't like observables it's okay here you go yeah, yeah. or even like you know it was like <laughs> here's how you do this and then there was like a two promise in the example um and uh, there's a lot of problems with that, but the, the biggest problem with it is a lot of people saw it and started doing it. And 
you know, the damage was done at that point uh, because then there's blog articles and these other things that get out there and people are like, use two promise. And I've been beating the drum for five years of like, don't use two promise unless you have to. Um, well, now there's going to be a blog article that Luis is going to write that says two promise is going to yeah. be deprecated. Everyone start freaking <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, we're, yeah. Need to <laughs> we're available for refactoring here at this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, exactly. So I, I was asking that question because some months ago I, I was working in a team that has no much experience with uh, RxJS, and I saw a lot of uh, to promise uh, function yeah. in into the source code. So, what should be your recommendation for for them? Uh, you know, in terms of how they can improve their RxJS skills or understand better what this uh, library is about. Uh, I mean, if they're if, there, if anyone's really having a hard time with ArcGIS, I would say, number one, uh, just throw the operators out, forget them. Um, like the operators are really cool and they're really powerful and you can do some amazing stuff in it. And it is kind of the fun part of RxJS. And, uh, but that said, um, if you really, really find it that confusing, just think of it of like, here's a streaming type and I subscribe to it to get data out of it. And it gives me the subscription that I have to, unsubscribe from later and forget everything else. Like you can do that and it's totally okay. You can just pretend operators don't exist. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the advice I have for teams like that. Now, I feel like if somebody- that is basically saying like, telling like a React team to be like, you know, if functional <laughs> components don't work for you, just use class components or like yeah. other way around, right? It's like, what do you mean? Right, right. How am I going yeah. to exist in this land? <laughs> totally. Like, <laughs> Is there a middle ground? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, you can, you can, uh, you could just say you only use a subset of the operators, and you know, try to stick to what you know and understand. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's okay. Like it's okay to to just use like, oh, I got this observable back. It's this thing, I'm getting one value from it, there's cancellation, great. Um, and just treat it like that. Uh, I would I honestly, like don't, honestly- Don't upgrade to ArxJS 8 ever. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, no, because if, if, they're, if they're just subscribing getting the data out, then um, two promises out the window anyways. They're not even worrying about that. Yeah. They're just I'm subscribing. But, yeah, yeah. Ignore me. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the whole- uh, and the whole thing, even with promises, honestly, like um, I can tell you factually that I see as many problems with really promise heavy code as I see with RxJS um, related code. And and a lot of it is people get really too excited about what they can do with then and closures and promise all and these other things or promise race. And they don't really realize what it's actually doing under the hood. And they create weird memory leaks or problems or race conditions they're, they, weren't, they weren't ready for. Um, or even like async await where I've seen like, like I've seen methods that had 32 awaits in there and it's a server method and someone called two people call it twice. And now there's a race condition where they're both updating the same thing, you know, asynchronously over, over network boundaries and stuff. And it's, um, it's bananas. So the, the point being that, uh, if you find, uh, the tools that you're given, whether it's async await or operators or promises, uh, to, cumbersome you know it's good to educate yourself on these things but you know the other it's not there's nothing wrong with taking a step back and just kind of going back to bare metal to where you can understand and step through and debug things a little easier 
Um, yeah, I see no fault with that. So yeah, if, if someone's just starting off with observ with uh, RxJS, just think about observable. Don't worry about the operators. They're two totally separate concepts that are, are unfortunately lumped together most of the time. Yeah, that's a really good advice. Um, you just told us that the RxJS library will be smaller in, in version seven. Um, mm -hmm. can, can you explain us how did you improve the size of the library for, for this uh, latest version? Well, a lot of it is just going through and kind of refactoring, um, like refactoring the code directly. So, uh, a lot of the, so the code was written six years ago about, uh, against, I think two versions of V8 ago. And it was, but didn't you do the full rewrite like a year ago or two no, ago? No, most of this stuff has been, there's, there's been full rewrites where I've created experimental branches, but they never, ever made it over. Like those were just like, Oh, can mm. I take our same tests, make them pass with this totally different thing. So I built one off of callbacks, kind of like a callback sort of thing. Like it wasn't callbacks, but it was the similar concept. I built another one off of, uh, taking the subscriber that you're threading through and kind of mutating it and like changing the, the, uh, next and error and complete. And it was, it kind of reduced the size of the call stacks. Uh, there's a variety of stuff, but this is smaller, uh, because what was done was just going through and slowly refactoring things to clean things up until all of a sudden, uh, you know, you, you're maneuvering until you, you see daylight and then boom, you run and you're just like, okay, so now I can refactor this and this and this and this and this. So it was uh, a matter of fixing some problems um, with subscription, um, fixing, fixing a few architectural issues with subscriber uh, without making breaking changes. And then uh, going through and looking at the architecture, the architecture, now what it what it's or what it's always done is it has this idea of an operator class and the operator class's responsibility is to create a subscriber and tie it to a subscription during the lift process uh and what that like what that was is it had a call method on it so you could literally make a function and use function your prototype call on it instead of having a class for that so you go through all of them and you move that. And then you realize that, well, every single one of them has their own custom subscriber. So there's like a map subscriber and a merge map subscriber and so on and so forth. And what if, and those, those existed because back in the older versions of V8, we had to uh, pass properties into these classes. So uh, things would go faster because closures were very slow. And so the thought was, well, what if we could do all this with a closure and uh, so I created this type called an operator subscriber, and it enables us to, with closures, do everything that these custom subscribers do. So you go through all the code, you use this new single subscriber in all of these spots, and you're able to wipe out, you know, 60 classes or something like that. And then from there, it's just iteration on that. Like, so then we see this other pattern where we're doing the same thing over and over again. So what if we reduce that to an operate function and so on and so forth? So... It's that that's the real the real thing was just slow and steady refactoring and patience instead of rewriting the whole thing from the ground up. That's exciting. I feel like you guys are always rewriting the libraries like Evan right now. 
<laughs> rewriting. Well, I think he's done rewriting, but now he's creating some other thing. If you, uh, what's it called? Veet, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but the amazing thing is this is, it was all of it was non-breaking changes and, you know, it reduced the size of everything drastically. Um, it also got me to go through and look at code that some of it I hadn't looked at, you know, in five years. And yeah, I was gonna know. say, did you like look at your code and just be like, oh God, what was I yeah. thinking? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> um, totally. There's there's a lot of things that are identified where there's like inconsistent behaviors and uh, stuff so are, that are rough are edges. Two, yeah, but are are they like labeled specifically in the repo as something like are these PRs specifically labeled or something? Because I'm sure a lot of people would like like to go back and look at that. Like if somebody can see like, oh hey, how did Ben refactor this to make it smaller? It'd be it'd be cool to kind of learn. Yeah, there's there's uh, well, there's actually one really big um, PR. I can find it and link it to you. But it's it's uh, there's one really big PR that took uh, probably a week to review. Um, I'm, I'm getting, getting to it. Um, it was called like smallify or something like that. Smallify, <laughs> smallify all of the things, uh, number 5729. All right. We'll have to check that out. So that was uh, a lot of activity last month and it, it touched all the things. It's mollified all the things. And there's been iterations since then, but that was probably the biggest uh, bit of changes. I even had to pull in, uh, pull Jay out of retirement to, to come help review that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, what about nine? Like, okay, so I mean, I feel like, uh, what was it like? I forgot what's, let's see, seven was type. Seven, this is seven. Yeah. I know, but like, I mean, I've been hearing about Fret 7 for so long. So it was TypeScript and it was like, meh, whatever. And then like 8 was, um, what was 6? I can't. I think 6 was actually exciting, right? Like, That's So when I say exciting, it means, you know, much more stressful for everyone else because you're having to do a lot more. But what was 6? Was it making it smaller? It was pi pipable operators. So moving everybody to pipable operators and we... We had the backwards compat uh, for people that were importing, like doing like the ad uh, RxJS ad yeah, operator. That was, a fun one. that was a fun one that freaked everyone out. Yeah, and then yeah, someone was, was like, oh, TypeScript, whatever. And then eight, it sounds like uh, deprecation. So a little bit more of an uh oh. But then what about nine? What's, what's, <laughs> what is next? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. The, the I mean, nine, uh, that's far enough off that I couldn't tell you if, if I, if I had to guess, and this is just wild speculation. Um, if a lot of other libraries and APIs start using abort signal, um, abort signal is this cancellation primitive with abort controller that was introduced with fetch. It's a little rough around the edges. It's not super ergonomic, but it exists in, in the browser and in the next upcoming major version of node. So it'll be this cancellation mechanism that's everywhere. And if everyone starts using that as a cancellation mechanism, then RxJS will also want to use that as a cancellation mechanism, which means having it live side by side with subscriptions for a little while. And then, you know, it's quite possible that inevitably uh, subscriptions go away and you just use uh, abort controllers or abort signals. But this is, again, wild speculation because 
uh, nothing like that's going to move very quickly. Uh, and it's nothing that we would move very quickly because there's so many people relying on the library. For sure. Okay. So if anybody wants to check out the cool stuff that Ben has done to the RxJS library, definitely check out uh, github.com slash reactivex slash rxjs slash pull slash 5729. Yeah. Right, Ben? Yep. PR 5729. Uh, smallify all the things was the, the big one that went through and, and made things smaller. Awesome. Um, spent a few other passes, but yeah. And if I can, if I can reach out for help for from anybody for for one thing, if someone is an absolute TypeScript genius, like please, please do. And you've got a lot of spare time on your hands. Please come help us because we're like the TypeScript stuff we're doing is unlike anything that you will. Have, have you pinged the TypeScript team like Daniel and them or? Oh yeah, they. I'm sure they hate me. <laughs> Because I, I always hit these weird rough edges, or I use something wrong, and I like I get my I'll get my head tied in a knot and ask them a question, and then it's something simple, or you know I'll get frustrated with something and be like, why doesn't this work the way I expect? And then they'll be like, because that's how it works. Close. They, they don't always do that, but yeah, they they definitely well, like stop using the library, damn it. Stop <laughs> testing. Stop testing the edges of the library. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, actually to the TypeScript's credit, they've added a lot of features um, because of Angular and RCS. Um, so uh, I'm super thankful for a lot of the features and stuff they've they've added in. Um, that said, it's still not easy to type this API, and the API is something that was I inherited. Like this is an API that's existed for a decade, um, and we're trying to you know, wrangle it into something that's easier to manage with TypeScript and, and with everyone's, you know, use cases. But at the same time, we still have to type what we have before we can like dep or like completely remove certain things or break steps. So, um, <laughs> so there's some interesting, there's interesting work even just recently I did with trying to get merge typed properly. That's not easy. So. All right. Well, you should definitely blog about that. Or maybe we should just do a podcast called like, TypeScript, why, or all the reasons why, or why not? All please. the reasons why not. <laughs> please help Ben. Help Ben. Well, please. that's that, uh, that tweet. That tweet you tweeted today. You said something like, uh, "What was it? T starting a TypeScript." I said club, but really, I meant support group. <laughs> for what? What's the TypeScript? That's, uh, that's for people that are doing really hard things with TypeScript, like so. Uh, James, our our buddy uh, Jamie Kyle. He made a compiler with just the type system um, of TypeScript, which is amazing. Uh, somebody uh, tweeted at me. I actually just retweeted a little bit ago. This guy, he made, he, he's doing all these crazy functional things. Like he made a thing that just with the type system can figure its way out of a maze, which is nuts. So um, I'm hoping that a genius level person like that can come help me unscrew the type systems. <laughs> The type, the typings, and in RxJS, yeah. there's, there's things that are just hard uh, to to type. Um, what were some of your favorite names that people came up with for that? Uh, some of oh, the, so people did come up with names for that. I don't know, but like I think it should have been a support group. <laughs> there is the, the Type Shifters Club. Somebody said that one. 
TypeScript legends. Um, Rescript converts club. Oh man, any problems? That was pretty, that's pretty good. But I mean, all joking aside, TypeScript is awesome. And if you're not investing in it now, you definitely should. Um, I don't know if anybody has heard of like the story of when you guys actually, you know, when RxJS uh, migrated from JavaScript to TypeScript. Yeah. That was, that was an amazing experience for you all. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we found bugs immediately. And that was in TypeScript 1.8 or something like that. Um, so if, if, I don't want to scare people off TypeScript. If for your app, if you're building an app, but just as an end user that's using libraries, TypeScript is an amazing thing. You should put it on the strictest settings and get everything to work. When you're building a library though, where like, especially like at RxJS or something like that, where people are passing their own generic stuff through it. Um, holy cow. Like the type the stuff you have to do to get the types right. Um, requires some mental acrobatics for sure. I've learned a lot about the type systems, particularly from, uh, Nicholas and Moshe, uh, who have done a lot of... Just put an any on it. I'm kidding. Yeah. Don't do that. Uh, I'm just slapping any <laughs> Unknown. That's a new type you can do. It's just do unknown. Here's oh, your, no. Yeah, here's your thing back. Unknown. Type it yourself. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not telling you what this is. You have to decide. Nobody listened to any of this. This is bad, bad advice. <laughs> bad type of advice with Ben Lesh. <laughs> <laughs> hey Ben, I, I was looking into the RxJS repo and I saw that you are using the latest version of TypeScript. Um, for example, in the Angular team has enabled uh, a flag, right? In, uh, when you are creating a new project to use the strict mode. So are, are you doing the same for RxJS implementation? So yeah, RxJS's implementation is using all of the strictest settings for TypeScript. Um, to my knowledge, unless there's a new strict one that came out and I'm not aware of it, but uh, but yeah, we're we're trying to be as strict as possible with what we have in there. That's I great. recommend that too. By, by the way, like in any of your, uh, I went through my uh, my day job at Citadel. I, I went through uh, and uh, I took a very long. It was like a like a good week of work to go through and. We had it very loosely uh, typed, and I said all the strictest settings. And then you have to go through and deal with the sea of red. And most of the time, it's fine, but you'll find things where, like, maybe an any got through here, and then someone had it. There's a type somewhere else that nobody updated the structure of some interface, and it needed to be updated. But you know, it's, it just causes you to go through and just make sure things are correct. But I, I really do recommend people have the strictest TypeScript settings when they're building their app, because you find stuff. Yeah, of course. And and do you think that using the strict mode into RxJS library implementation helped you to reduce the, the, the bundle size or, or the, the size of the library library itself in um, any way? I don't know if it's reduced the size. Uh, if, if anything, there might be a couple of cases where it increased the size slightly uh, because you're forced to do like, well, you're not forced to, but sometimes to be correct, you'll do something like you'll you'll uh, introduce some function that does type narrowing or something like that. And the reality of it is, if you were just doing it in JavaScript, you probably wouldn't have done that. You'd just be like, oh, I just assume this is this type because I know. Um, so I don't know. It hasn't necessarily increased the size by much, but there might be, a, there's probably a couple of functions in there that exist uh, to appease TypeScript that uh, might not have existed otherwise, but they're very, very small. They'd be like a Boolean check sort of thing. So. You know, it's not that big of a deal, but it, it's certain. I don't think there's anything that's happened that has reduced the size necessarily. Um, 
it's hard to say. There, there could be situations where I might have at runtime written a whole bunch of code that said, hey, well, you know, is, is this, this, is it this, is it this, is it this, and then I'll put it here. Uh, where with TypeScript, I know even though something was handed to me from like three functions called deep, the type is this thing and it has these properties on it, right? So um, it's plausible that it, it could have uh, reduced things, but it's been in TypeScript for so long that it's hard to say at this point. Cool deal. So definitely use TypeScript and oh, yeah. like, uh, like Ben says, on the strictest settings possible. But I feel like that's like introducing somebody to a new game like saying like hey here you go here's tetris play level 10. yeah you know immediately and we we're like oh my god what are you talking about everything's right. broken i can't even code yeah, Spend play, an entire week fixing play, play level 10 of tetris while i'm pinching you <laughs> yeah exactly exactly blindfolded <laughs> yeah so, so it's not, it's it's uh it's one of those things where your initial experience, if you haven't used it, will be unpleasant. And then, uh, you know, as time goes on, it, if you end up having to go into another uh, code base that doesn't have TypeScript, you'll be like, "Ugh, why doesn't this have TypeScript? Like, I don't know what anything needs to be here and everything feels unsafe and gross. Like, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I love TypeScript because I just love all the errors. I love that it just tells me what to do. It's like just such a nice uh, safety net, you know, Luis, what do you think? I mean, you're angular, so maybe you're a little bit biased. Yeah. So I totally agree with you because, uh, <laughs> so currently I'm working with the uh, web, web com components and our project supports TypeScript and we are using it from, from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a good experience. I mean, in terms of, uh, working in the source code, having the, the static typing. Yeah. And all the features that we can use from TypeScript. Yeah, I know a lot of people who are like, who've been, you know, JavaScript OGs are just like, oh my God, you're you're making me learn some, you know, this new thing. I know how to move so fast, but I mean, that's how I feel going from like Angular to React or to Vue or to whatever. You know, you just got to get used to it. It's good for your career. So. Yeah. And once you get good at the typing stuff, you can do some pretty amazing things with, um, with like your own custom types and it's, it's a, it's, I don't know if it's totally Turing complete, but it's a, it's a complete language. It's the type system. It's a fairly complete language as far as what you can accomplish with it. So you can do some really crazy stuff where you can enforce like an API, like they've, like they've done with the add event listener where it says, Oh, I know that you're calling this on a button. And I know that, you know, if, if it's got these events on it or so on and so forth, like there's, really, really interesting things that uh, you can accomplish with TypeScript. Well, cool. So you can follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Lesh. It's very easy. He's usually nice on Twitter, except to me. <laughs> so sad. But he will be nice to you. Um, you know, drop into his at mentions if you, uh, you know, want to ask more questions about different things. Um, Luis and I both work at this dot. So if you need any fun RxJS refactoring, uh, Ben is one of the OG original co-founders of this dot as well. So yeah. we tend to work closely with him and do a lot of RxJS related stuff too. Um, so we're always happy to chat. And, um, you know, I guess... Uh, Ben, when are, when are we, I mean, when is it going to be out of beta seven, just so we have a timeline? Oh, um, soon, very soon. Like there's, there's a soon couple like of. 2020 or soon uh, like 2021-ish. Oh, it's 2020. Um, 
but you know, the 2021 is coming up here quickly. There's a couple of uh, issues that's there's issue 5066 that has all of the type signature review progress for uh, operators and things we need to go through. And then there's another one that is, um, I think all the stuff in this might actually even be done, but uh, there's another one that's issue number 5372, which is the non-type related issues for um, uh, version seven. So once all of those things are checked off, uh, then we're out of the woods. And it's it's hard to be like, oh, here's the definite date because all of this is volunteer work. Um, and can there, anyone look into those issues or do you kind of need context? Uh, no, anyone can, anyone can go into those issues. Most of them have links to other issues that provide some context. Uh, it's mostly just a matter of, of people going through and addressing them and then getting the reviews and, you know, it's all volunteer work. So it's, it's hard to, to put a pin on like, here's when it's done. Um, you know, it's not like an Angular or a React where people are yeah. paid developers working on it. So, Cool. Well, thank you again. And thank you, Luis, for joining me as a guest co-host. We loved having you. Yeah, it was, it was cool meeting you. Yeah. And uh, Luis will be out with a blog post about RxJS 11, Sun Slash 8 um, soon. So look for that on the Vist.Labs blog post. We're excited about it. Uh, and, uh, you know, besides that, I guess we'll see you next time on the Modern Web Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by this.labs, a framework agnostic consultancy that specializes in JavaScript. You can find them at this.co slash labs. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O slash labs. Let's go, cause we got a show for you.